We still uh, need and want people in every one of the teams around here. Even though you see people working, it looks like the places are filled. We, the Lord's directed us to be at least a minimum of three deep in every position. So uh, we need you. We want you on these teams. Go back and talk to the folks at the information area. See where the Lord would help you to get plugged in. And, you know, uh, the, the more people we have and the more rotation, then nobody gets worn out. Is that right? And more people get trained and more people get reward when this is all over. Right? Both now and later. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Philemon, or they'll put it up on the uh, uh, screen for us. Uh, Philemon <coughs> is in the New Testament. If you go to the back of the book and start backing up, you'll find it pretty quickly, just before Hebrews. And uh, I want to talk to you just a moment about the Faith for Life classes, direction that the Lord's given us on them. As you heard, <clears throat> uh, Miss Sally was telling us, reminding us about, they, they happen today and every Sunday right after the service at 1130. Uh, people are, go to their different uh, classes broken up by age and marital status and that kind of thing, and they'll show you where to go. This is, uh, uh, we're just implementing this. This is still new. But uh, in praying about this and, and what it should be and how it should be, we got the term faith for life classes. Well, this is Faith Life Church too, isn't it? And um, the phrase, the just shall live by faith. You'll find that several times, both in the Old and New Testament, the just shall live by faith. How do we live? We live by faith. And the scripture says in Philemon 6, Philemon, one, just one chapter there, and the, uh, the sixth verse, can we find that? <clears throat> no, verse 6. It, uh, it says that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. The next verse, verse 7. For we have great joy and consolation in your love because the bowels or the insides, the hearts of the saints are refreshed by you, brother. So what these classes are about, we don't call them Sunday school classes for a reason. Don't want you to have a mindset to try to fit it in the way maybe that you grew up traditionally. It's not about, it's not where you go and sit down and somebody teaches you a lesson. It's not a, a teaching class. It's about faith and it's about fellowship. Somebody say faith, faith. And, fellowship. and fellowship. Now, if it's going to be about faith, it has to be about the Word. Amen. That's, that's how you get faith. And if it's going to be about fellowship, there has to be sharing. You can't have fellowship without sharing. And that's what this verse is talking about. Let me read this to you from another translation. 
the W.E.B. World English Bible says that the fellowship of your faith may become effective in the knowledge of every good thing which is in us in Christ Jesus. God's Word says, as you share the faith you have in common with others, I pray that you may come to have a complete knowledge of every blessing we have in Christ. Thank you, Lord. And then the Amplified says, excuse me, I'm moving too fast, the Living Bible. The Living Bible in verse 6 says, I pray that as you share your faith with others, it'll grip their lives too. Uh, As they see the wealth of good things in you that come from Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Then the Amplified in verse 7 The Amplified verse 7, he says, I have derived great joy and comfort and encouragement from your love. Because the hearts of the saints, the hearts of the saints have been cheered and refreshed through you, my brother. What's supposed to happen in these classes? Edification, encouragement, refreshing, inspiration. Encouragement. Can you see this friend? And it will come through the reality of the faith in each other's lives. Now the, the people that you'll be fellowshipping with. They're in the same place of life you are. So they're dealing with some of the same things. And uh, no doubt some of them have dealt with some things maybe before you did. Or more than you did. And everybody that has victory. And knows how they got to victory. Can tell somebody else how they got to victory. <clears throat> right? There's a lot of Christians. A lot of believers. That are struggling. There's a lot of Christians. Believers that are. Uh, confused. And it ought not be. That There's a lot of believers. That don't know. What we have in Christ Jesus. Don't know who they are. Don't know how to overcome or live by faith. Isn't that what he's talking about? That the sharing of your faith may be effective. Hallelujah. And that we might come to the realization of everything we have in Christ Jesus. It can be as simple as how to pay your bills. Right? It can be as simple as how to get the baby to sleep. Right? But whatever it is, there's the fellowship and there's the sharing and there's the anointing. We've walked through those rooms over there and prayed and released faith that the Spirit of God will manifest and people will get answers and people will get help. And your leaders are there to keep you on track. Right? Not let one person monopolize everything. Take everything back to the Word. Right? You know, sometimes people think giving their testimony means telling a sob story for 10 minutes. That's got nothing to do with faith. We're talking about faith. Anybody know what we're talking about? Faith. So let's, let's believe together that these classes will become exactly what God intends. That they become and the fruits will be born out of it. Believe, just, just believe with me right now. Say, Father God, we ask you. To direct us that these classes 
become exactly and completely, fully what you've ordained that they should be. And everyone would be encouraged and edified and helped and that our faith would rise up and we would truly live victoriously and a shining light to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Is that all right? Turn with me please now to another verse. Uh, two, two places if you would. Psalm 75 and Proverbs 15. If you were not here uh, this Friday night, I talked some of the the Lord's direction, I believe, about how, as the Lord is directing us and giving us utterance and revelation and messages, that uh, if it's really the Spirit of the Lord, it's going to apply to you. So much so that you may think I'm trying to talk to you. (laughs) And the truth is, I may not know anything about your situation. Or I may not know much. Don't need to know. Uh, Years ago, I mentioned on Friday night, a fellow came up to me and he was, you could tell he was kind of steaming after a a service. And he looked at me, he said, preacher. Preacher. You got something to say to me? Why don't you just say it? (laughs) I said, what are you talking about? And he launched into this thing, and just in about 30 seconds, he could see he's telling me stuff I didn't know. And he stopped, and he said, you didn't already know that? I said, not till just right now. (laughs) But, uh, that, that shows carnality, yes. that you think it has to be knowledge uh, that somebody has. You don't believe it could be God. Hmm? And, of course, another thing is if it's just the preacher, you can argue with him and not do anything about it. But if it really is God talking to you, it's just time to get right. Right? Not fuss with anybody, just just get it right. Uh, and I want you to believe with me this morning, this is not a part of a series. This is a message the Lord's dealt with me last couple of days in particular about some things been in my spirit for a long, lot longer than that, but about ministering it. But it's, it's like all these things, it's spiritually discerned. You, you want to hear with your heart. So you're going to believe with me this morning for this? Come out, come out right. Father, in Jesus' name, we agree together, asking for utterance, asking for the anointing, the manifestations of your Holy Spirit, asking for all of us, for eyes to see and ears that hear and hearts open to receive, and we'll receive whatever you say to us, we'll receive it, and whatever you say to us, we'll do it by your grace and help, and we know when we do, we'll be blessed, and the truth will make us free. And we'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Somebody say, I'm a doer. Not a hearer only. Not a forgetful hearer. I'm a doer of the word of God. Now, uh, the Lord said some things to us, to the church. It's come up more than once during the last few months, last half year, um, about faithfulness, about stewardship, about next level, about promotion. And God's will is that you and I not just stay where we are and not go down or not go back, but to come up, to be promoted and to rise and to advance in every good thing. Remember we read, he's got good plans for us. Uh, but we must be reminded of his ways, how he does things. In Psalm 75, Psalm 75 and verse uh, 4. Psalm 75, 4, he, he said, I said to the fools, deal not foolishly. And to the wicked, lift not up the horn. Keep going. Lift not up your horn on high. Speak not with a stiff neck. For promotion comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. For God is the judge. He puts down one and sets up another. Where does true promotion come from? It comes from him. Is he able to do it? Is he able to do it no matter what? You believe it? It's true. But the thing that he is is saying in these previous phrases and verses, don't put forth your horn. Don't exalt your horn. Don't try to exalt yourself. And don't look to other places. Hmm? The east, the west. Don't look to other places to promote you. Realize real promotion, true promotion, the only kind that really matters, comes from the Lord. Hmm? Do you believe it, saints? Now, here's something you want to get settled. Is God greater than all? Then if he wants you promoted... He can promote you. Right? Now the enemy will try to tell you that somebody is in your way. Or somebody is holding you up. Right? And if you could just get them on board. Or if you could just get them out of the way. Then you could advance. Everything would be fine. But they are in your way. This is exactly what he convinced Cain of. He convinced Cain that Abel was his problem. If it wasn't for that do-goody Abel and his little special offering Fluffy, then he wouldn't have been made to look so bad. Right? And what was Abel Cain's problem? Never was Cain's problem. Abel and his offering had nothing to do with Cain. He gave that to God because he loved God. That's between him and God. But 
When you don't want to acknowledge the truth that it's your fault, you want to blame somebody else. That's right. Hmm? And we, we need to realize if God wants us advanced in a place, if he wants us promoted, if he wants us to be over more or be involved with more, he is well able to make it happen. Right? Well able to make, no matter who's against it or no matter who's opposed to it. You know, God, the Lord told Joshua when he told him to, you know, prepare him to go in and take the land. He said, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. So if the Lord wants you advanced, if he wants you promoted, there is nobody that can stop it or stand in your way. People are not your problem. Except maybe one. (laughs) And again, it's that one you see in the mirror. Same one we're talking about a while ago. Listen to these verses. You, you hold your place there. We're going to Proverbs 15 in just a moment. <clears throat> but listen to these verses. Let me read some of them to you. <clears throat> Matthew 23 and 12. 23, 12 says, Whoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. He that shall humble himself shall be exalted. James 4 says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he 4.10, James 4.10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Who's going to lift you up? He, he will. What's your job? Humble huh? Humble. Make noise. It's the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. Not a scripture. Hmm? It's not who pushes the heart. It makes the most noise. You're thinking about the world. I said, you're thinking about the world, the ungodly world. No, what's our job? This is popular, isn't it? Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Who's going to be exalted? Hmm? Well, we just got through reading. Jesus said, the one, uh, the humble will be exalted. But he that exalts himself will be abased. 1 Peter 5, 6. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. To what end? That He may exalt you. Does that sound like promotion and honor and increase and more? That He may do it when? Which is almost always later than your flesh wants that to be. If it was up to your flesh, you'd promote yourself three times before the week's out next week. (laughs) Humble yourself. What's your job? Not to promote yourself. Not to fume and steam at other people. Why don't they acknowledge how important I am? Give me my place. Huh? Listen. If God wants you promoted, can he do it? Even if they don't even know your name or don't care or don't think they like you, is God bigger than them? 
And if he wants you promoted, he can do it. Right? (laughs) Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Verse 7, casting all your care upon him. For he cares for you. You don't need to be worrying and thinking and fuming and fussing and trying to push and claw and demand. Cast all your care. Roll all that over on him. Humble yourself. And believe that God is able to do whatever needs to happen here. Right? He's bigger than anybody and anything. And he can promote me. He can advance me. No matter what. Hmm? You believe it or not? Go back with me then to Proverbs. It's my job to see that I get advanced. Huh? (laughs) What's your job? To humble myself. How many messages you heard on this lately? <laughs> well, you got one now. Humble yourself. That's your, that's your job. That's my job. Humble ourselves. Hmm? Humble yourself. In Proverbs 15 and verse 33, he says, The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. Now, fear of the Lord has to do with the reverence of God, the honoring God, respecting God, being in awe of Him. And that is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is what? Say that out loud with me. Before honor honor is is humility. Now, a part of honor is advancement. A part of honor is advancement, promotion, increase. Set like this, before advancement advancement is humility. humility. Before promotion promotion is what? If God's doing the promoting, this is how he does it. It's always preceded by humility. Now, I'm going to share something with you that, that I'm, I'm, I'm putting together now as the years go by. I've seen it with myself over and over again. I've seen it with others. I've seen people pass tests and I've seen people fail tests. And uh, somebody might say, well, Brother Keith, doesn't grace just cover everything? Uh, no. Grace covers you being justified. But grace does not produce your faithfulness to God. So we we need to distinguish between our justification and our promotion and our reward. Now obviously, obviously it's by the grace of God we're able to do anything. But no, all of this has not already been done for you. Now, there's nothing we can do to add to or take from to make us just and righteous in the eyes of God and acceptable to Him. Our salvation has been completely taken care of by grace. 
and we receive it by faith, we're justified by faith. But our reward and our promotion is attached to our choices and our faithfulness. You believe it or not? And so it's not automatic. We have to uh, pass tests, if you will, and it's not God tempting us to do something wrong. It's If God's going to do something for you that he's not doing for other people, if he's going to advance you and promote you in ways he hasn't done for other people, he's got to be just in doing that. There's got to be a reason why, or else he's not fair. And if you're faithful, and if you qualify, there are reasons why. And what you'll notice is before you're about to be promoted, there will be a challenge. And you'll have an opportunity to get all worked up. Come on, are you listening? You'll get an opportunity to humble yourself. Anybody walk with the Lord long enough to know what I'm talking about? It's happened to me over and over and over again. You didn't realize it. But the Lord was about to promote you and add some things to you. You didn't know it. You're believing it maybe generally. But something comes up and oh dear me. You want to quit? You want to throw down your stuff and leave? Come on, are you listening? You want to give somebody a piece of your mind? Come on, are you all with me? And if you do, you disqualify yourself. Because that's not humility. That's haughtiness. That's pride. You ever heard people rant and rave? Go, well, I'm the best person for the job. I've been here longer than everybody else. Either... Why would not? Well, that right there would disqualify you in the eyes of the Lord. That right there. Because you think it's owed to you. You think you deserve it. Are y'all with me, friends? God does not promote based on tenure, nor talent, nor who works the hardest. He doesn't promote based on who's the most talented. He doesn't promote based on who's been there the longest. It's quiet in this church. People say, is that fair? You really going to ask God that? Well, it's a good question, I guess. Let's go talk about it some more. Go to Matthew 20. Is God Fair. Huh? <laughs> oh, I'm just saying what people are thinking all over the place. Is God fair? You need to make up your mind about it. And you, and you want to decide if the things I just shared with you are true or not. I said to you, God does not promote based on tenure. Just because you've been there the longest. God does not promote based on talent. Who's got the most of it? Who's the best at it? He was, well, I'm the best person for the job. That don't mean you're qualified. God looks at the heart. He can take anybody off the street without a clue and give them talent. Yes, he can. 
Hmm? I worked harder than anybody else. Yeah, but you think you deserve it. You think it's owed to you. Disqualifying. How many can see none of that is humility? Before humility, excuse me, before honor comes humility. Every time. Before honor comes humility. Matthew 20 is the story of the laborers. Remember that? And the, uh, the Lord of the, the farm, the, the, the place, went out, you know, at different times and says, why are you standing around out here? They said, well, nobody's hired us. He said, go to work. And it came out later, nobody's hired us, go to work. So you got people that's worked all day, you got people that's worked half a day, and you got people that's just been working for an hour. And uh, let's skip down, what, about verse 8 or so, Matthew 20. Verse 8, so when the even was come, the Lord of the vineyard said to his steward, call the laborers and give them their hire beginning from the first, the last to the first. So he starts to pay the last person that started working first. And when they came that were hired about the 11th hour, so we're talking about a 12 hour work day, sun up to sundown. And these, these guys worked an hour. And he gave every man received a penny. And you think, boy, that's, that's lousy, uh, lousy pay. No, a penny was the equivalent of a day's wage today. So it, it, was, a, it was a good full day's wage for one hour's work. Boy, here's a, here's a message right here. You learn, you learn how God blesses and promotes. You can wind up working an hour and getting paid for a day. Yes. Yes. Does that sound good to anybody around here? Work an hour, get paid for a day. You know it happens. You know the Lord does it. And verse uh, 10, when the first came, they supposed. And that's where the problem is. They supposed that they should have received more. Or was everybody listening? Mm-hmm. They got this in their mind. Well, okay. We're going to get more. Who told them they were going to get more? Hmm? What, what basis or right did they have to expect that they deserved more? But they did. I said, they did. They got it in their mind. They got it in their head. Well, we're going to get more. Oh, is everybody awake? Beware of this, friends. Beware of getting it in your little head that somebody's going to do something for you. Or that somebody owes you something. Or you deserve something. That is not humility. That's presuming. And pride. They, they supposed. They assumed. We, we should have received more. We should have more. And they likewise received every man a penny. They received the same thing. And when they received it. They did what? They murmured. They complained. They talked against the goodman of the house. Now who is the goodman of the house? This is the Lord. This is talk, this is talk, uh, 
dis- displaying, revealing things about the Lord. They said, these last have worked just one hour, and you made them equal to us, which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. What are they saying? It's not fair. They're saying it's not fair. This is not fair. We've worked harder. We've worked longer. We deserve more. Is that true? (laughs) Did I lose somebody somewhere? We worked harder. We worked longer. We deserve more. Is that true? Let me give you a revelation. You don't deserve anything. Any of it. They didn't deserve to have a job. They didn't deserve to have an opportunity. It's a gift. Friends, this is one of the most subtle and one of the most devastating tools of the enemy. I deserve. I deserve more. This is what happened to Satan himself. Isn't it? We don't know how long he was the anointed cherub. We don't know how long he was in the splendor and glory of God. Millennia could have been much, much longer. We don't know. He's in the presence of God. He's around the glory of God. God has given him amazing place and responsibilities. But he got to the place where that wasn't enough for him. And he, because of his great wisdom and his beauty and his power, he, he should be more, he decides. So he decides, I will be like the Most High. I will exalt my throne. Who's going to do it? He that exalts himself, what did Jesus say? He's going to be brought down. He's going to be abased. That's not how it works with God. And so he endeavors to breathe this into uh, to people everywhere. You deserve more. They're not treating you right. As long as you've been there, as much as you've done for them, everything you've done, you ought to have. You should have. You deserve. Friend, this is more dangerous than a rattlesnake in your bed. Are you listening to me? I'm telling you, if you if you listen to this kind of stuff and you start meditating on it and you start acting on it, it can absolutely derail you off the plan of God and disqualify you from the precious things God had for you. Because if you no longer value it, you no longer qualify. Because he said, those that honor me, I will honor. But those that despise me will be lightly esteemed. You ever heard people say, well, what did I ever do to deserve this? Tell them my problems. And the answer is plenty. Have you ever sinned? Have you ever come short of the glory of God? The wages of sin is death, which means you don't deserve any blessing or anything good. And if you and I got what we deserved, we would be sick and broke and miserable all our short tormented life. We'd die and go to hell. So let's not talk about what we deserve. Anybody with me on this? Quit talking about what you deserve. Nobody owes you anything. 
is devilish, my friends. This they owe me. Even if you don't say it. To entertain the thoughts. And to yield to the feelings. It'll fester in you. And become a root of bitterness. And if it's in you strong enough, you'll spout it to other people. And it can infect them. And many can be defiled by it. Am I quoting scripture, saints? He said, they murmured against the goodman of the house, verse 11. They said, these have just worked one hour. You made them equal to us, which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. He answered one of them and said, friend, I do you no wrong. Did not you agree with me for a penny? (laughs) Didn't we have an agreement? I told you I would pay you this for a day's work and you said, great. Am I not keeping my agreement? Am I not doing what I told you I would do? Here's your pay. Why did they assume they should get more? Hmm? They're looking at somebody else. What's going on with them? Comparing themselves with them. Remember one time Jesus was talking about how people would go and talking about John and talking about Peter. And when he heard about John, how he's going to go. Peter said, well, uh, <coughs> when Peter heard how he was going to go, he said about John, what about him? And the Lord said, uh, <laughs> anybody know what he said? Basically, that's none of your business, right? You follow me. You forget about him. That's between me and him. Lord, what about them? What about them? They've only been here X amount of time. And look, you know, that, that, that should have been my place. That should have been this. That should have been that. Oh, really? That attitude alone would explain why you're not there yet. Are y'all with me, friends? That is a disqualifying heart and mind to think it's owed to you, to think you deserve it. To think it belongs to you. I want to go over this again real slow. God doesn't promote based on tenure. Who's been there the longest. Someone says, well that's just what's right. So you're more union than you are God. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you don't get this straight... You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be looking for answers and you won't have them. God doesn't promote on who's the most talented or who's got the most skill. People well, that's just a no-brainer. They're the best at the job. They should have it, not according to God. Like we said, with Him, He can add skill to somebody that's got none. Right? You know what He's looking for? Heart. Heart. The Bible said man judges after the outward external appearance. What does God look? He looks at the heart. Somebody that's going to submit to him and do what he says. Somebody that knows how to follow instructions. Somebody that honors his things and values his things. Hmm? And that he's so happy and glad to have a part. Not thinking anybody owes them anything. Just thrilled that they get to be a part. That's the kind of heart that gets promoted. Hmm? 
When they heard that this other guy got paid a full day's wage for an hour, what should they have said? Well, praise God. He probably needs it. Right? Isn't that great? But why should you jump to conclusions and assume you're going to get more? Why should you get more? Why would you deserve more? Who told you you was going to get more? To get these things in your mind and build them up and decide them, set yourself up for all kind of confusion and disaster and problems. He said, didn't we agree for a penny? I hadn't done you any wrong. But were they upset with him? Oh, they were upset with him. Were they talking about him? They were. But who was wrong? They were wrong. He said, I didn't do you any wrong. Didn't we agree about this? I'm keeping my word. Here's your money. Verse 14. Take what is yours and go your way. I will give to this last even as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with my own? It's my money. Right? Is your eye evil because I'm good? Because I want to do something extra for him and be gracious? How am I doing you any wrong? Come on, can you see this? Verse 16, so the last shall be first and the first last. For many be called, but few chosen. Why would the Lord do that? Well, here's one thing. These other guys have a contract. They know what they're getting. They're walking beside. He told the other guys, go out and work a few hours, one hour, and whatever's right, I'll do for you. That requires faith. You've got to trust the man. For all you know, he's going to give you, you know, hardly anything. It's not going to be worth your time to even do it. They did it by faith. And then here they come, not thinking a bunch is owed to them. And when they get it, they're happy. They're thankful. They're grateful. Come on, can you see this? They don't think anybody owes it to them. Oh, can you see it, saints? Somebody say glory to God. They envied this, the, the ones that got paid this. And strife followed. Listen to James 3.14. James 3.14, if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. Let the Lord teach us how to identify that this is a wrong spirit. Hmm? And you're going to see this over and over again. One of the first places you see it is that you stop being thankful. You stop being thankful. And you begin to think more and more about what somebody didn't do for you. What somebody hasn't given you. What you should have. It starts, it can start slowly. But then it just gets worse and worse and worse. But you'll notice you can't be thankful and do that at the same time. Hmm? You can't be. And when you stop being thankful, you stop qualifying. Because everything God does for us is by grace. It's a gift. 
which means it's not owed to you. You don't deserve it. You know, a few years back, the Lord gave us that series on Thanksgiving victory. We camped on it for months, right? And it is an answer to many, many issues in life. If you don't have to know everything that's going on or know all the wilds of the enemy. Every time something comes up and you're tempted to get miffed or put, bent out of shape some way about something that you think somebody should do or could do, you, you grab that and you throw it down. And you say, I'm just glad to be here. They don't owe me a thing. I am thankful to have any kind of place or any kind of opportunity here. Hmm? Hmm? And you won't let the devil breathe his awful pride into you, the thing that happened to him, why he fell. How many think as the anointed cherub, he should have been glad about where he was. He should have been happy about what God had given him. He wouldn't have even existed if God hadn't created him. He wouldn't have anything. And yet that wasn't enough. He wants more. He should have more. More should be his. So he's going to take it. No, he's not. He's going to spend eternity in the lake of fire. And I'm not going with him. How about you? Hebrews 12 says this, verse 11, No chastening for the present seems to be joyous but grievous. Afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to them that are exercised thereby. Now this is talking about getting corrected. Hmm? When's the last time you got corrected? And how did you take it? Here's an encouraging word. What happens before promotion? Humility. This is an opportunity to humble yourself. Could be you're about to get promoted. If you pass this test and receive this correction and don't get all huffy. (laughs) No chastening for the present seems joyous. Verse 12, wherefore lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Don't go dragging around. Don't yield to depression. Huh? Get up. And get over it. Quit dragging. Quit moping. Huh? You ought to be like Minnie Pearl. What you said, you're so proud to be here. So glad to be here. Right? You're just glad to be here. Right? How many glad to be in church this morning? I know I am. Huh? Nobody owes us this. You don't owe me to be here. I never let myself think that way. You don't owe me to come to one service. You don't owe me to serve on a team. You don't owe me to give in the offering. You don't owe me. You don't. So then everything you do, I'm happy about it. It's a gift. Right? On the other hand, I don't owe you one more sermon. I don't. Hmm? I don't owe you to be here one more day. Do I? Why would I? 
If you don't owe me being here, I don't owe you being here. Can you see how people get in trouble? How they get all balled up in strife when they're thinking, where are they? They're supposed to be here. They should. Well, maybe they're supposed to. But for you to think they owe you, you're wrong. Hmm? This also applies to husbands and wives. Yes, it does. I've given them the best 30 years of my life. They owe me. If they owe you, you never gave them anything. Yes. Yes. You're a hireling. You want your pay. You want to be repaid for everything you've done. So you're not a giver. You never gave. Because if you gave them something, you did it to them out of love. It was a free gift. And you did it to the Lord. And they owe you nothing. Not even a thank you. If you think they owe you, then you didn't give it to them. Well, we're having fun today now. But is this not answers to questions and difficulties that people, it is. It is. I've had people come to me before, man, oh, Brother Keith, they heard about something good happened. They said, well, you deserve it. Y'all work hard. I don't always correct people, but in my mind I go, no, I don't. I don't deserve a good place to live. I don't deserve a good car to drive. I don't deserve good clothes. I don't deserve it. Well, you work hard. You deserve it. No, I don't. And neither do you. Well, I worked hard for it. I earned it. It's my, listen to me. You wouldn't even exist. Except God Almighty created you. You wouldn't have another breath. You couldn't have got out of bed. You couldn't have made one one piece of work or completed one deal, much less had any success. Come on, are you listening to me? Everything you have was given to you. And you didn't deserve it. And if you know the truth, it'll make you free and you'll be one happy, thankful buddy. Everything that happened, you just go around all the time going, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know I don't deserve it, but I sure am enjoying it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's humility. I said, that's humility. And that kind of person qualifies. And in due time, God sees how you value those things and how you appreciate them. He gives his precious things to those who value them. To those that esteem them. He will give you more. He will promote you in due time. And nobody can stop it. I don't care who they are or what they are. You believe that or not? He went on to say. Make straight paths for your feet. Lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. Let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men. And holiness. Without which no man will see the Lord. Looking diligently. Lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Friend, listen, it's not that hard to discern this wrong spirit. James called it devilish. What is it? Well, you're not happy. You're upset. 
You're no joy, no peace, no thanksgiving, grumbling. They didn't do this. They should have did that. They could have done this. Somebody say wrong spirit. Wrong, wrong spirit. <clears throat> Quit yielding to it. Stop yielding to it. Because if it was a right spirit, you'd be thankful. You'd be glad. <clears throat> Can you take some more of this? I'm going to give you some more. Go with me to 1 Kings, the first chapter. I believe this is important. Do you? I don't just minister these things off the top of my head. I seek the Lord earnestly. I, I, I lay it before the Lord. Lord, what, like we talked about Friday night. I mean, if I got something personally to say to you, I know how to find you and talk to you. I'm not going to take this valuable, precious time of the pulpit to try to sermonize you over the congregation's uh, shoulder. No, no, no. This is, this is holy. This is too important. That would be an abuse of my place. And so what we do is endeavor to, to, to get it from him. Exactly. And we spend much time at it. And I'm glad about it. I'm glad to do it. It's a privilege for me. But uh, if it is him speaking to us, should we treat it that way? Is it possible this was his idea that we talk about this this morning? Is it possible? Then we should, you shouldn't be seeing my face, and I shouldn't be seeing yours. We should be seeing him yes. and hearing him. Yes. And, and you notice we are reading scriptures, right? First yes. Kings 1. This is a perfect example of what we're talking about. I'm excited about this because the devil works in the darkness. A lot of times folks are yielding to things and they, didn't, they don't realize what it is. As soon as they see what it is, they get free. They quit. They go, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not giving place to that anymore. And that's happening today. 1 Kings 1, verse 5. Adonijah, the son of Haggith. 1 Kings 1, verse 5. Verse 5. Adonijah, the son of Haggith, did what? What did he do? He decided I should be king. He should be me. And so he exalted himself. He said I'll be king. And he prepared him chariots and horsemen and 50 men to run before him. There's a whole lot of him in there isn't there? Himself, him, him. Keep going. His father had not displeased him any time saying what have you done and he's, a, he's a, a goodly man as far as a good-looking guy and noble features. His mother was uh, that bury him after Absalom. David's still alive. And this is one of David's sons, but David's very old and, and just about to leave the earth. And verse 7, he conferred with Joab, the son of Zeruiah, and Abathar, the priest, and they followed Adonijah and helped him. Verse 8. But Zadok the priest and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, Nathan the prophet, Shimei and Rei, the mighty men which belonged to David, were not with Adonijah. You know, Jesus talked about this. He said, when you go, even go to a feast. Don't take the top seat. 
Right? Don't put yourself in the best place. Hmm? Why? Because it can be very embarrassing when they come in and say, why are you sitting here? <laughs> this is not for you. You need to get up and leave. And see, if you, if you get haughty then and go, well, why can't I sit there? I mean, why, why are they any better than that? That's why you're not there. That right there. You don't honor the things of God. You don't honor God's choice and place and anointing. He said, take the low seat. Hmm? And then, if they want you somewhere else, that's nice when they come and say, no, come on, let's put you up here. Come on, move up here. That's not you promoting yourself. Hmm? That's the Lord doing it. Through people in this case. But here uh, Adonijah exalted himself. Now keep reading. He slew the, the sheep and the cattle. Keep going. I'm just going to skip through some of this. Nathan the prophet. He didn't call. Solomon he didn't call. Because he knew they, <laughs> they're not going to jump on his bandwagon. And uh Is there division and rift starting here in the kingdom? Yeah, there is. And Nathan spoke to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. Have you not heard? Adonijah, the son of Haggith, does reign, and David, our Lord, knows it not. And now, therefore, come, let me give you counsel that you may save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Go to the king David and say, Did not you, my lord, O king, swear to your handmaid and say, Solomon, your son, will reign after me? He'll sit on your throne. Why then does Adonijah reign? Behold, while you yet talk with the king, I will come in after you and confirm your words. Now, um, skip down to the, uh, well, I'll I'll just paraphrase a little bit. The um, prophet And Solomon's mother came to him different times and told him this. And he rose up and he said, no, uh, what I told you is right. Solomon's going to be king. And so he commanded that they bring his personal mount and put him on it. And they took his personal bodyguard. And these are the baddest ninjas in the land. (laughs) These, These guys, have you read about their exploits? They all accompanied Solomon. Nobody's going to mess with these guys. And uh, so the prophet uh, and, and, and was involved in this. And Solomon was established as king. And Adonijah and his bunch are still having their celebration party for him being king. When they heard the shouting and celebration of Solomon actually being made king. So then everybody left uh, uh, Adonijah's party. Quick. And then he's scared too, and he runs to Solomon, who's on the throne now, and and pleads for his life. And he says, you'll be fine just if your heart's right, uh, and basically, and and told him what to do. And so then not long after this, Adonijah comes to see Solomon's mother, Bathsheba. Second chapter, 13th verse, 2.13, Adonijah, the son of Haggith, came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, and she said, Do you come peaceably? He said, Peaceably. He said, Moreover, I have somewhat to say to you. 
She said, say on. He said, you know that the kingdom was mine. Let's just stop right here. The kingdom was mine. All Israel set their faces on me that I should reign. Howbeit the kingdom's turned about and it's become my brother's, for it was his from the Lord. So was it ever Adonijah's? No. Even Adonijah says it was Solomon's from the Lord. But he said, it was mine. Do you see this here, friends? He won't let this go. He got this in his mind that he's going to have this. It was mine. It was mine. It was supposed to be mine. And so then she said, well, well what is it? And he said, uh, just ask me this one little thing. I, I know it's, it's Solomon's. I know it's his. But I asked for one of the king's wives. Well, nobody's supposed to have the king's wives except the king. See, this, th- this is a political maneuver to get some kind of acknowledgement in front of the people that he really does have some claim on kingship. So Solomon's mother, I think in her ignorance, goes to Solomon and he shows her honor and respect. He has a, a, a seat brought up beside him on the throne for his mother. And she said, would you please do something for me? And he said, I won't tell you no. And she said, uh, Adonijah, he, he wants uh, one of the king's wives. Oh, man. Was, uh, some kind of look came over Solomon's face. He said, why don't you just ask the kingdom for him too? See, God had given Solomon wisdom. He knows where this is going. He knows this is not the end of this. He knows what's, what they're working, what they're trying to plan. They are scheming, trying to get him out. Hmm? And his mother doesn't know it, but if this is left unchecked, It'll cost her and him their lives. So he says, Adonijah spoke this to his demise, to his destruction. And he had him executed. End of that problem. (laughs) Did Adonijah have a root of bitterness? Over what? What he decided... Was mine. That's supposed to be mine. And he wouldn't let it go. Should he have ever thought it was his? Did anybody tell him it was his? David was the one who had the power. And David had told Bathsheba and the prophet. Solomon was going to reign after him. Yet they got this in their head. That it's going to be this way. Can you see how the enemy works saints? Can you see how he works? He'll come and whisper something to you. That should be yours. They should use you. They should choose you. You've been there. You've done all of this stuff. You deserve it. There's nobody better qualified. Come on, can you hear this? Nobody can do it as good as you. Why would they use somebody else? That reason alone is why somebody else should be used. You think it's owed to you. 
And when you think something's owed to you, it takes you completely out of the realm of grace. God can't be gracious to you. Nobody else can be gracious to you. Because if they give it to you, you won't even be thankful. You think it's owed to you. You think you deserve it, which means you don't value it. Can you see this, saints? Go with me in closing, I think, to Luke 17. Luke 17. I'm not going to be like this. How about you? I'm not going to be like this. Nobody owes me anything. Nobody owes me a place at the table. Nobody owes me a seat. Nobody owes me a meeting or a service or an offering. Hmm? Nobody owes me anything. I ought to just be so glad to be here. How about you? I ought to be so glad to be here. Shouldn't I? Should you? I should be so happy, so thankful. Jesus said in Luke 17, verse 1, 17, 1, he said to his disciples, it's impossible but that offenses will come. But woe to him through whom they come. Keep going. It's better for him a millstone were hanged about his neck, he cast into the sea. Than that he should offend one of these little ones. How many know you, you're in dangerous ground when you go breathe your bitterness into somebody else? And you slander people behind their backs to somebody else. You're doing the devil's work. He's using you to infect them. Keep going. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother trespass against you. Rebuke him. If he repents, do what? Forgive him. And if he trespass against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to you saying, I repent, what do you do? You forgive him, just like the Lord forgives you for all those times. Right? We've seen people get offended at each other, get their feelings hurt with each other. Maybe they're working on a team together or doing something. Somebody rubbed them wrong, did them wrong, and they just quit. Just quit. Just leave. Quit church. Quit God, I guess. Even though maybe somebody repented to them. What they didn't realize, and sometimes, sometimes these folk had to, I, I know they didn't tell me, but I, I knew it by word of knowledge. They think they should be promoted. And the truth is, they were about to be. I said they were about to be. But before honor comes... Humility. And here was an opportunity for God to have something that would justify him doing for them what he's not doing for everybody else. And they flunked it. Big time. Got all haughty. Demanded. It should be mine. Got into unforgiveness and holding a grudge. I don't care if they cross you seven times in a day. How many believe Jesus' words are right? He, his words are right. If they cross you seven times in a day, what do you do? What do you do? Forgive them. Forgive them. Go on. You could be passing a test right before promotion. Right? You believe this? Keep going. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> 
Man, if we're going to have to do that, that's going to take faith. You're right, it is. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, it don't take that much. You might say to this sycamine tree, be plucked up by the root, be thou planted in the sea. It should obey you. Keep going. But which of you having a servant plowing or feeding cattle will say to him by and by when he's come from the field, go and sit down to meat? And will not rather say to him, make ready wherewith I may sup and gird yourself, serve me till I've eaten and drunken, and afterward you shall eat and drink. Now see, what, what would be the alternative that not doing this? You're thinking, I'm not going to do something for you. I've been out in the field working all day. I deserve to eat just as much as you do. I deserve. I deserve. Devilish stuff. Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. That's King James. It means I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> so likewise, you. Is he talking to me? Is he talking to you? You. When you shall have done all those things which are commanded you, you say we are unprofitable servants. What does that mean? Uh, the Amplified says it like this. Well, let's see. Uh, the, the Weiss translation actually is the one I'm, I'm wanting. The Weiss translation says, We are slaves who because we've done nothing more than that which has commanded us are not deserving of any meritorious mention. We have done that which we ought to have done. We don't deserve any special mention. We don't deserve any special treatment. We don't deserve any special reward. We just did what we should have done. That's right. oh, amen. Did Jesus tell us to think like this yes. and talk like this and operate like this? I said you can tell it's a wrong spirit when you stop being thankful. Hmm? The Spirit of God corrected the church in Revelation 2-4 when he said I have something against you because you've left your first love. I want you to think about this. Let, let the Lord help you go back. How many remember the first time the Lord let you be involved in some of his things? Hmm? The first, how'd you feel? How'd you, you feel like somebody owed that to you? Huh? Like you deserved it? Were you glad to be a part? Huh? Were you happy and thankful to be a part? Hmm? That means you esteemed it. That means you valued it. That means you honored it. You got to watch as the days go by and the weeks go by and the months go by and the years go by. You can get used to things. Hmm? And now, if all you can think about is they didn't give me this and they didn't let me do this, no longer thankful. You no longer see it that way. When did that change? And how did that change? And is it true that everybody has changed and everything has changed? Or could it be you have changed? And you don't value his things like you used to. You don't consider it an honor to be a part like you used to. Remember what the psalmist said? I'd rather be a doorkeeper. In the house of the Lord. Let me paraphrase. Than to dwell in the penthouse. On the 30th floor. Hmm. 
the tents of wickedness. Let's stir ourselves up today, saints. Hmm? How many want to qualify for more? How many want to be promoted? Do you? Who's going to do it? Not you. Not you. Not you. Do you deserve it? No, you don't. But he'll do it for you anyway, even though you don't, if our heart is true and right. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lift up your hands and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What's that song about thank you? You've done so much for me. What's the other one? I'm bl- in him I'm blessed. What's it? Yeah. Yeah. Let's sing this. Let's sing it from 